the path has been set for the beginning of the end of lockdown in Virginia. We will uh, reopen Virginia uh, next Friday. However, the details are still yet to be completely revealed, and the pandemic is still outgoing. Uh, one of the things that will happen is we will continue to see cases rise. And this is the Charlottesville Quarantine Report for May 5th, 2020, with lots of information from Governor Northam and his administration about how we make the transition to a new phase. Anytime there's a, a crisis, uh, anytime there's a, a tragedy, uh, an unfortunate, unfortunate situation, we must, as a society, look at trying to bring some, some good from it. Let's go ahead and get to it. The Virginia Department of Health is reporting an increase of 764 new COVID-19 cases today, a second consecutive day in which that figure was lower than the one before. There have been 20,256 cases of COVID-19 in the Commonwealth, and there have been 713 deaths. Six weeks ago, on March 24th, the total number of cases was 773, and there were six deaths. From the beginning, I've documented the numbers as much as I can, writing scripts that have helped me and you understand how state and local officials have responded to the COVID-19 pandemic. I've been a journalist for most of my adult life, but I've never covered public health before, at least not to this extent. But now, none of this is new to anyone, is it? This is the 29th episode of the show, and it's an important one because we have more details on how things will begin to shift. Today's focus is purely from Governor Ralph Northam's press briefing on May 4th, 2020, where he announced that progress has been made. We flattened the curve, and our hospitals have not been overwhelmed. Northam said that means we can begin to think about the next step, which is currently scheduled to take place on May 15th. The exact details are not yet revealed, and that may be extended if the number of cases suddenly spikes. The virus is still dangerous. I want to make it very clear. This virus is still here. It has not gone away, and it will not go away until we have a vaccination. And that may be hopefully at the end of this year or another year or two. The reality is that people are going to continue to get sick and people are going to die. Opening up the economy is based on the notion that further disease surveillance will be required to help isolate as many people as possible to stop the spread. That's going to take something called contact tracing. Here's Dr. Norm Oliver, Virginia's health commissioner. Um, one of the things that will happen is we will continue to see cases rise. And Reopening means that we have to take a very serious uh, approach towards identifying new cases, uh, identifying anyone who's been exposed to that new case, uh, and then isolating those folks, uh, putting them in quarantine if, if uh, necessary. Uh, to do that will require a, a new workforce. We've already begun hiring case identifiers. Uh, in the uh, health department. We will hire several hundred of them. Uh, we're in the process uh, of also beginning uh, the setting up to hire the, the some 1,000 contact tracers that we believe will be necessary to effectively do that kind of uh, containment strategy. And uh, we're quite confident that we'll be able to ramp this up quickly over the next uh, week or two. Northam said the restrictions would not be lifted this week, but said next week might be an option based on the data collected so far. 
On Monday, Northam outlined what the phased approach will look like and what the timeline will be for the three phases. Let's listen in to phase one. You'll still be safer at home. Large gatherings are still a bad idea. It means continued social distancing, teleworking, and face coverings. But it also means that we're moving forward. Phase one includes guidelines for all businesses to enhance physical distancing, do more cleaning and disinfecting, and promote workplace safety. Businesses will need to establish policies to keep coworkers and customers separate from each other. Northam said conferences and trade shows should only be held if necessary, and facial coverings will continue to be encouraged. More cleaning and disinfecting means practicing routine cleaning and disinfection of hard services. To protect our workers, it means setting schedules that allow for short breaks so workers can wash their hands frequently. Measures like these are important for all businesses. In addition, we will be publishing additional guidelines for specific industries, including restaurants, retail, fitness, personal care, and grooming, as well as entertainment. Northam said people will be able to get haircuts, but they'll need an appointment first. Restaurants will be able to open, but only with limited seating. Employees will wear face coverings, and they'll do more cleaning. Phase one means more retail establishments can be open, but they'll have to operate at lower capacity. You can go to the gym, but with fewer people and more requirements for cleaning. Farmers markets will have more flexibility with foot traffic and prepared foods. Our farmers markets are important as we really get into the growing season. We will accommodate the needs of churches and houses of worship to gather in person, but social distancing still matters, even at church. If all goes according to plan, Northam said phase one would last three weeks, and then future phases would kick in. In phase two, we'll continue to ease restrictions if we see our numbers trend downward. Continued downward trend of our, trend of our positive test. Continued downward trend of our hospitalizations, stable capacity of hospital bed and intensive care, stable supply of PPE, and continued robust testing and contact tracing. To move to phase three, we're looking for no evidence of rebound for a sustained period of time. Executive Order 53, which put the business restrictions in place and banned gatherings of more than 10 people, will be extended through at least March 15th. We will adjust the current stay-at-home order as well, emphasizing safer at home rather than stay at home. That gives us an additional two weeks to watch the data and determine if we are meeting the metrics we need to see to enter Phase 1. Northam said the number of cases will continue to go up, and that is to be expected because of the additional testing that is going on. The state also feels that there is enough PPE in place to support further cases. Every day we monitor a wide range of health data. We are evaluating that data constantly, looking at metrics by day and by a rolling average. 
we're using that determine, to determine the spread of the virus, whether it seems to be stabilizing and whether our hospitals have the capacity to meet the need. The governor said the National Guard has been deployed to assist with further testing across the state, mostly to help in congregate settings. They tested 1,310 inmates at Sussex 2 prison just yesterday and wrapped up a testing pilot program in Harrisonburg yesterday. No one should be alarmed by seeing the National Guard out and about in our communities. They are here to help us. The rise in cases associated with poultry processing plants in Virginia is a good example of how contact tracing might work. Over the last week or so, Northam has joined leaders in Maryland and Delaware in asking for protections and help from the federal government. The Eastern Shore Health District now reports more than 260 cases associated with the two plants in Accomack County. Since I joined Governors Hogan and Carney in sending a letter to the President just over a week ago, teams of specialists from the CDC have come to each of our three states to help. This week, our local health district, the CDC, and the poultry companies are working together to do testing of plant workers and members of the community. We are also still closely tracking cases in the Shenandoah Valley, which has a large number of plants. Cases that have increased as well, but the increase is smaller and could be leveling off. Our focus right now remains on the shore. You're listening to the Charlottesville Quarantine Report. Do you want to start a garden? There may still be time for the spring. Cultivate Charlottesville is giving away and selling seedlings grown at the Buford Schoolyard Garden. This will take place on Thursday, May 7th at a drive through market at the Urban Agricultural Collective's farm from 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. That's located at the intersection of Monticello Avenue and 6th Street in Charlottesville. Suggested donations range from $3 for one plant to $30 for 12 plants. For more information, visit cultivatecharlottesville.org. And now back to today's show, which is solely on Governor Northam's May 4th press briefing. These press conferences offer a range of questions from across the state. Let's listen to one that relates to outdoor recreation in Virginia. This is from Sherry Hamilton with the Gloucester Matthews Gazette Journal. Um, thank you for taking my call, Governor. Um, there appears to be some confusion about when campgrounds are allowed to resume their normal operations again. Um, given today's extension, Executive Order 53 is going to allow them to open recreational facilities to reopen on May 14th, um, while 55 prohibits overnight stays of less than 14 days through June 10th. And we've heard that some campgrounds have opened this past Friday. Um, in addition, I understand it's up to local law enforcement to enforce the order, but I wonder who's held responsible. Is it the campground or the camper? The, the question is regarding campgrounds. and. Um, I anticipated uh, coming into this uh, press conference and a lot of questions about what about this, what about that, and, and we will 
certainly clarify uh, those uh, those guidelines as as we move through this week. But uh, our intentions, uh, and it will be so, with some guidelines, will be to reopen our, our campgrounds, both private campgrounds and also our, our state campgrounds. Um, again, we won't have people staying more than 14 days. Uh, there will be spacing guidelines. Uh, uh, we have people uh, on our business uh, advisory uh, that own campgrounds uh, in Virginia, and they have been very uh, uh, forthcoming uh, and had and provided great recommendations. So, so I would say, say to the guidelines specifically for the campgrounds or the hair salons or the bowling alleys, I know everybody has their own situation, and I, I get that. Uh, I'm a business owner as well. We want those answers. And, and so those guidelines uh, in the next few days uh, will be forthcoming. But the message today um, is that we will uh, reopen Virginia uh, next Friday. However, some people may not feel comfortable going back to work yet. That could mean losing unemployment benefits. This question came up and was addressed by Megan Healy, the governor's workforce development chief. So our top priority, as the governor mentioned, with this reopening plan is workplace safety. That we've talked to businesses and they're very eager to work with the health department, look at CDC guidelines to make sure those workplaces are safe not just for the consumer, but really importantly for the workers because they want them to show up. So we're uh, waiting for guidance on the unemployment insurance. Again, unemployment through the Virginia Employment Commission is really from the U.S. Department of Labor, and they give us guidance on what we can do. So we're still waiting for what that might look like, what are their different eligibilities for unemployment, and if what they need to do if they feel unsafe. So we should... Um, yes, we've kind of heard some guidance, but not written about, you know, if somebody, if they're unsafe, do they have to quit their job? And then usually a person goes through the adjudication process to, to repeal, so we stop the benefits, and then they can repeal through that process, and then we're looking for what's considered good cause and what's not. Will be criteria laid out as in if you have an underlying condition, not just anybody can say, I don't feel like going back to work. Yes, there, there'll be criteria, yeah, because a lot of people would probably say that, that you know, you might not want to go to work. So, uh, thank you. Since the pandemic began, groups like the local Food Hub have worked to help regional agricultural producers get their product to market. Another reporter asked about how farmers markets would be able to reopen under phase one. Let's listen to this exchange. Bill Atkinson with the Progress Index. Thank you, Marissa. Governor, you mentioned earlier about the farmers' markets reopening under Phase 1. Some markets, such as the one here in Petersburg, have reopened to an extent already, just basically realigning their models, their business models through online ordering and curbside pickup and allowing walk-up business as long as it maintains social distancing. Now, when Phase 1 begins, be it May 14th or later, how closely do you anticipate the farmers' markets and the open-air markets other mar- open-air markets being regulated, would that level be any different than other retail businesses? And would the state be having regulators circulating along those markets, or will the state be relying on self-regulation and local law enforcement to maintain the order? That's a great question. And I just um, being uh, growing up on a farm, uh, there's nothing more important than being able to get our products to uh, consumers. And so the the farmers markets have been just a, a great avenue for doing that in Virginia. So uh, we want to make sure that people have access to that as, as we go into phase one. And I'm, I have the Secretary of Agriculture with us, Bettina Ring. Bettina, if you'd like to comment on that. 
Thank you, Governor. Um, just to elaborate on what the Governor said, we realize how critical and how important our farmers markets are in Virginia. And so we're looking forward to being able to open things up a bit more. They've been fantastic in stepping up, integrating best practices, and having um, one point of contact in many of those farmers markets. Now we will be able to allow browsing safely, ensuring that everyone's wearing a mask, and we um, have proposed guidelines that we'll be finalizing as we move forward in the coming week. As the governor said, we'll have more information to share, uh, but we really are excited about the opportunity as our farmers markets are really starting to move into spring and summer, which is a really important time for our farmers as well as our, our markets across the state. Thank you for the question. In related news, Northam said that restaurants will continue to be able to sell mixed drinks to go for now. I haven't addressed that specifically uh, with the ABC, uh, but it's certainly something that we can talk about. But um, just in, in general, uh, as long as, as restaurants are not at their full capacity and having to rely on, on takeout and home delivery, I would anticipate uh, that policy staying uh, in effect throughout that time. The stress of dealing with trauma patients takes its toll in regular times, but in communities that did get hit with a surge of cases, medical professionals have experienced warlike conditions. On Monday, Northam addressed the tragic passage of a woman in Charlottesville last month. We lost a very prominent and, and just uh, uh, excellent emergency physician. Uh, she worked in New York City. Um, she paid the ultimate sacrifice for what she was doing. And she has deep, deep roots here in the Commonwealth of Virginia. And something that really touched me uh, this weekend was when individuals reached out to me and said, you know what, she was a, a wonderful person, a wonderful emergency room doctor, and how can we bring good from this? And, and so we had a fairly lengthy discussion, and it, it won't end this weekend, but we're going to work together and make sure that we have support systems here in Virginia for individuals like our first responders and our, our health care providers because um, I think the perception is that, that the doctor or the nurse, they're, they're always strong and that, that they don't let the stress get to them, but I will tell you uh, that we're all human. Um, and I think the example of the emergency room doctor is a, is a great example of that. And that, so that means that we as a society uh, need to find ways to come together and to find support groups and let these individuals know, you know what, it's okay if you have a bad day or you're, you're, you're experiencing uh, undue stress, that, that we have help for you there. So, so just looking at all of the good things that are happening um, as we move forward with this pandemic is, is encouraging to me. And that's what provides hope to me, um, and that's what gets me up every day and want to do the, the job that I'm doing. It's been almost eight weeks since all of this began, and the economy was shut down to help save as many lives as possible. That has meant a lot of harsh change in people's lives as we deal with the biggest and most serious emergency of most of our lifetimes. Northam concluded Monday's press conference with a look forward. Anytime there's a, a crisis, uh, anytime there's a, a tragedy, uh, an unfortunate, unfortunate situation, we must as a society look at trying to bring some, some good from it. What is the silver lining to all this and, and how can we learn and how can we do better the next day? How can we prepare if this ever happens again? And so there are, are some really hopeful things going on. I just wanted to mention 
a few of them. I'm, I'm sure you are aware of some of them. Number one is that there are pharmaceutical companies, there are colleges and universities that are working just as fast as they can to find treatments for viral pandemics like the one we're experiencing. And uh, as you all uh, heard, remdesivir uh, is an antiviral agent, uh, kind of like a, an antibiotic uh, treats bacteria. An antiviral agent treats viruses. And so the studies that have been done thus far are very promising for remdesivir, uh, and now the FDA has approved that. That is good news for people that contract COVID-19. The second part of the good news um, is that companies, uh, researchers are working literally around the clock to find a vaccination for this. And that's, that's really the, the silver bullet that, that will put this uh, pandemic, that will put this health crisis uh, behind us. And so uh, whether that's gonna happen at the end of this year or it's gonna take another year and a half or whatever, we're not sure about that. But just the fact that, that our researchers are working as hard as they can to, to find this vaccination, that's encouraging to me and it should be encouraging to all of you. And that's another installment of the program. We'll be back later this week with more information on the state and local response to the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm Sean Tubbs, and I thank you for listening.